Welcome to Six Degrees Within YGK, a podcast where we get everyone within the YGK area where we talk about health, fitness, and overall balance of life. I'm your host, Bob Payne, owner of CrossFit Limestone, Limestone Athletics. Welcome, Bruce Young, to another episode of Six Degrees Within YGK. Welcome, Bruce. Thanks for so much for jumping on the show here. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Uh, no, thanks for reaching out because a little quick backstory. So your sister is a member of the gym, Linda. Yes. Yep. Linda Kotak. Yeah. So she just started coming into the gym during the pandemic there, just in the lockdown because she was at another gym, which closed down. So she came over. So no, thanks for jumping in there. She's uh, not only my sister, she's my roommate, as she would uh, refer to, because we're twins. Yeah, well, that is right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she was like, yeah, my twin brother. I was like, oh, that's crazy. So she's told me about you, because I originally did her, we call it foundations at her gym, like um, the yeah. on-ramp, whatever, depending on what gym you go to. Um, or I kind of taught her the kind of like the weightlifting, stuff like that. Sherry had some of the background. Sherry obviously knows a lot about CrossFit because of you but no so she told me all about you so it was good good so um let's give a little backstory let's move back a little bit like go back a few years um let's hear your story because like i like i won't give any background story but let's hear your story okay okay how far back do you want me to go um well like you told me that like because what you came third at the last CrossFit Games there for age? 2021, I came third in the 55 to 59 category in 2021, yeah. Well, let's go back a little bit because you even talked about how you, um, like, what got you into CrossFit? Let's go back before that. Okay, so um, my wife was, uh, how far back can we go? Yeah, so my wife started with CrossFit. She, like, I mean, this is back when it was underground. Nobody would ever heard of it. She was doing it out of somebody's garage in the city in Mississauga and she'd be gone for two hours. And I'd say like, Hey, would you like, wow, two hours. How was your, what was your workout? Oh, we did a seven minute workout. And I'm like seven minutes and you're already gone two hours. So yeah, you said you almost started questioning like, look, is there another guy in there? <laughs> exactly. Right. So, um, and at the point, at that point in time, I was doing adventure racing, uh, 24 hour adventure races. I've done four of them where you're, you're carrying your food and your water. You've got the transition stations, but it would be like a 90 K mountain bike ride, 35 K track, 35 K paddle over the course of 24 hours, all orienteering and a team of four. I thought I was in great shape. I was in great endurance shape, but not CrossFit shape. Um, and the guy that opened up the first gym, one of the first gyms in Mississauga, was had a slosh pipe. I don't know if you know what a slosh pipe is. It's eight yep. feet long. And I came in to pick up Cecile, my Actually, wife after on. work. For the slosh pipe, maybe just explain what it is, just in case we have some yeah, listeners. Great here. idea. Thank you. Slosh pipe, eight foot long pipe, PVC pipe, about six inches in diameter. It's half filled with water so that when you pick it up, unless you keep it perfectly level, the water sloshing around and it just forces you to engage your core. And these 23, 25-year-old guys are sitting in the gym. They see me walk in, dress shirt, dress pants, dress shoes. Hey, Mr. Adventure Racer, pick this thing up. And I look at it, I go, okay. And all I think of is, this thing's going to move. I better engage my core. 
right? And don't I pick it up and put it overhead? They're, they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that. So they kept badgering me, try across it, try across it. I finally did it and I was instantly hooked. And within about a month, the, the owner of the gym that we were at basically said, and you, you could probably understand this now, he said, you can be really good at this. Like you've got what it takes to be real good at this. You just need a lot more coaching. I said, okay. So now, still- okay, can I jump in there? So um, when you said, do you have what it takes? Like, what was those characteristics? Cause obviously you got the endurance and you got that. Like, was it a lot of mental that he was total, to? total mental and mindset. And I, I can now pick off somebody who, um, and I'll go to a little story later about another girl that I started to train. You can pick off somebody who's got that mindset of when things get uncomfortable, they keep going mm-hmm. early in fitness. People do one of two paths when they're, when things get uncomfortable, they either back off or they just keep going and you can see their mindset just take over. And apparently that's what I had. I've subsequently learned and trained that a lot more. Uh, and it's one of my biggest strengths. So um, doing CrossFit for a while, and, and finally somebody came to me and said, hey, there's a competition going on. You should try this competition. And I think at the time I was about 45 or 46, and it was an open competition, local community, and my goal was to be top 50%. I always have goals in anything I do, knowing full well I'd literally be the oldest guy there. Turns out I ended up placing like halfway, right in the middle, ended up coming fourth place in one of the workouts. And again, the positive feedback I kept coming back was, you really know how to compete. You should keep doing this. So in 2013, Cecilia and I went down to the CrossFit Games. And the specific reason I went down to the CrossFit Games was to see, can I compete at this? Can I do this? And I walked away feeling energized and thinking, yeah, I, I can do this and I want to do this. Um, came back, realized I had to hire a coach who did all my programming because if I did all my programming, I would just do burpees and power cleans all day long. And he forced me to do the handstand push-ups, forced me to do the handstand walks, learn all the high skill movements that it takes to become an elite CrossFit athlete. Um, that's how I got into CrossFit and how I got into competing. Oh, that's awesome. Now, when like forcing all the movements that like you said, handstand push-ups and things like that, like it's amazing when we first started doing all this, we always want to do the movements that we're really good at. Right. And like you want you like some people, like we get a new member in the gym because of the snatch is so technical. They're like, oh, I'm not so big on it because it's difficult. It's a lot to take, but they love doing power cleans. There's something about yeah. power cleans and people are like, I could do power cleans all day. Um, was that hard for you, like for you to begin with is like getting over that mindset and be like, okay, for me to be good, I have to start grinding away at all this like crappy movements that like, that are just not in my wheelhouse. Like, oh yes. I had to put my ego aside and we would have Saturdays, we'd have RPT, which is regional preparation training. Cause this gym that we were at had a lot of regional athletes. So I would go to uh, CrossFit Select. We owned CrossFit Select in Mississauga at the time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'd have these elite athletes come from Aurelia, Peterborough every Saturday at 10 o'clock. And I would go there and I'd get my ass handed to me every week 
but I was surrounding myself with better people, better athletes. And I remember handstand walking. You've got literally people handstand walking through the rig, around the bars, and I'm three feet fall on my face, three feet fall, three, and literally for two years, just kept falling. Um, this year at the CrossFit Games, there's two 48-foot handstand walks in a long workout, and I placed fourth. Handstand walks are now a strength of mine, but it was literally just consistent, consistent working at those high skill movements, even when you don't feel like it. And a lot of athletes, when they don't feel like it, they stop doing it. Yeah. Well, and that's pretty amazing that your trajectory was that long, right? Cause a lot of people look at it and be like, Oh, well, looks like you've only been doing CrossFit for like the last two, three years. Cause you only been to the games this long, but there's all that preparation that you did years before. Oh. And you're coming in with a background of fitness because you were doing those adventure races, right? Yeah. It's crazy. So I went in 2013 to the games. I created my goal of uh, I will compete in the 2014 CrossFit games. I like do the so, open, right? Through the open. Yeah, through the open, right? Sorry, we went in 2012. It took me three years of really trying the open and the qualifiers to actually make it. Three years of, of okay. I've now got the basics. Now, how do you take, okay, I can do handstand push-ups. How do you become world-class at handstand push-ups? Because that's the difference. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. And a lot of people can do uh, high-skill movements like a muscle-up, but they can't do it fatigued. Yeah. And that's, that's the major difference. And it took me, uh, so 2015 was my first, showed at the games placed 16th 2019 uh placed fifth and then 2021 placed third yeah and what age group are you in because i just don't think we've gone over that yet you you're uh 55 to 59 i'm 57 years old yeah and so when did they start doing the age groups uh was that was right back in the 2013 2012 2013 2014 yeah and so yeah you always been competing i guess in the in the 50 age group. Cause I guess this year would have been the first year where they start changing around the, I don't want to say scaling the movements, but they start changing the load, right? Yeah. At the 55 age group is when they start changing the loads. So, so just to put things into perspective, I'll do six inch deficit handstand pushups. Um, not quite all day long, but as a warm up to, to for a high skill movement day. And then during a workout, it'll be, regular handstand push-ups and I'll like bang out 21 at a time. 21, like if it's 21, 15, nine workout, I'll bang out 21. In the open, I now get a two inch ab mat. So never in my training, do I use that ab mat when mm -hmm. it comes to the open handstand push-ups are just that much easier. It's the same with uh, dumbbell snatches this year in 55 group it goes from dumbbell snatches, go from 50 pounds to 35 pounds. I knew that was coming. I never touched a 35 pound dumbbell. During the open this year, when it was that massive dumbbell snatch workout at 35 pounds, it was easy. Yeah, so you're probably able to go unbroken all those movements, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's one of the big differences. No, no, and just for anyone who's listening, the. Uh... With the open, 
they have all the prescribed weights say like power cleans will be 135 then once you get to above 55 then they'll drop down the weights to 115 probably 115 yeah yeah so that's just for the open no that's amazing um now with the um the games there so let's go talk about a few of the games appearances there because you mentioned that like uh, one of the events there where you came fourth or one of the years where you came, was it fourth or you came uh, fourth in the, I came know. fourth in an event this year, this year I came t- second in two events and then I came fourth in a third event this year. Okay. Now you, I'm just going back to the notes here. You said self-sabotage took over. What want to talk about that where you placed fifth in 2019 heading into yep. the final day was in second place. Self-sabotage took over. So what happened there? So all my life, I've dealt with self-worth issues and I would self-sabotage at different things, different, different events. Um, even in the open, I would self-sabotage. And I remember working with a mindset coach, Don Fletcher out of Driven Mind Training. And at one point in time, I was doing, a, a, I think it was a five or 10K row. This is before the 2015 games, before I qualified. And I just started to cry because at the end, I was going to hit the 10K, my, my time that I wanted. And with a minute and a half left, I started to back off. And then I realized that it was, it's just my own mental side of things that's holding me back. And I finished the 10K, beat my time that I wanted. And I walked into, like I left the rower right there. I was in tears went home. My wife looks at me. She's like, Oh my God, what is like, what's wrong? I said, you know what? I'm worthy of making it to the games. And people around me noticed a difference in me that that day, like it changed from, I'm going to try to, I'm going to do this. And it wasn't a cocky, it wasn't an arrogance. It was just more of a, an affirmative. Yep. I can do this. Then in 2019 at the games, I was in second place heading into the final day. And in my brain and the self-worth side of me, that's a very uncomfortable spot to be there. It's not something that was for me. It was for other people. And I started to self-sabotage. I started to get out of my mindset. Everything else was fantastic. The way I approached everything. And I ended up sliding down to fifth. I remember after the workout, we're in the back and we're waiting because the top four athletes do a drug test. And it's okay. First place is uh, Joe Ames, which everybody knew. Second place, sorry, I can't remember. And I'm thinking, okay, I doubt I'm going to be third, but I'll be fourth. That's fine. And then fourth place gets named. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't even place fourth. And Looking back on it and did a lot of reflection, it was a position I wasn't comfortable in and I wasn't really ready for it. So I basically self-sabotaged. Even my daughter, um, Taryn, who watched all the, all the events on, on um, YouTube, said, when you walked out that final day, your body positioning and your confidence was gone. I could see it in the way you walked. And sure enough, um, ended up self-sabotaging and ended up fifth. So I, it was something that I really struggled with, dealt with for a long time. 
decided it wasn't going to compete until I turned 60 again. And uh, I was able to overcome that this year, 2021. Yeah, because um, last year there was, well, 2020, there was no uh, games, right, for the age, right. because they only did the, I guess, the main, like, main event there. But, um, no, that's that's crazy. Um, and where did you work with the mind, your mindset coach the whole time in the last, I guess, two years since that event? or no, Not one bit, quite frankly. I had, uh, I had uh, quote unquote retired. I sent a message to my program coach as well as to Don, my mindset coach saying, it's been great. I'm out. I'll call you when I'm 59 years old and we'll go back at this thing. Um, COVID hit. My wife and I own a gym in Thornbury and the gym's completely empty. Literally there's no work. There's nothing going on. And I'm like, okay, let's. And I was still doing CrossFit and working out and all that kind of fun stuff. We just decided, okay, let's let's give this a try. But a buddy of mine walked in and said, "Hey, there's this online competition. It's not the open, but it. Um, you want to try it? I okay, sure. One of the one during of the, events, the lockdown. Yeah, this is during the lockdown. This is an event out of Arizona. I want to say it was Legends Masters Comp or Masters Comp, something in those lines. And he said, uh, I said one of the videos did, and he goes, thinking it'd be, oh, it's two months out." they're due on Tuesday and this was Thursday, but <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's give it a try. So I do the four videos ended up placing first, like absolutely dominating this open concept. Uh, so I reached out to Don and Jamie and I'm like, Hey, uh, I think I still have the bug and I think I'm still pretty good at this. Cause there was some people in this group that I recognized in the top 10. And I'm like, you know, I beat them and I haven't really been quote unquote training for the games or for the open. So long story short, ended up going, okay, let's put the eggs in the basket. Let's try it again. And it ended up working out real well for me this year. Um, because of the way 2019 went down as well as the, the qualifiers of this week of this year, during the qualifiers, I was seventh place going into the last workout and Again, you come back to that self-sabotage. I took my foot off the gas and ended up 18th place. And I'll never, ever forget that feeling when the leaderboard's been updated. And I'm like, when you're in the top 10, when you hit that age group, your name appears. And I was seventh. My name wasn't there. So you start scrolling down. I'm like, okay, I'll be 11th or 12th. And I'm scrolling and I'm like, no. And And then I'm like, Am I in the right age group? Like my name's not showing up. And the feeling, I ended up 19th. Again, once the videos got adjusted, I ended up moving, bumping up to 18th, but I ended up 19th. Again, almost self-sabotaged. That moment on, I vowed absolutely every workout at the games that I'm going to do, I'm going to stay in every moment, in every rep. If I do that, as hard as I can, and I end up 20th, I'll be okay. I'll be happy with that. But the fact that 2019, I took my foot off the gas. 2021, during the qualifiers, took my foot off the gas. I was very upset, and I knew why, and I refused to do that. So I wanted to 
when I went into the games this year in 2021, my goal was to stay in the moment, every single workout, not look ahead and not look behind. And that worked out quite well for me. Oh, that, that's a great story. Cause it, it's like the leaderboard doesn't even matter because you're in it for yourself. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. what we say to everyone when you are participating in fitness like that, you need to be in it for yourself as the very first thing. Right. Um, before you start thinking, Hey, I got to impress these people. Cause you do notice that, like say, even with the younger age groups, like say teenagers, they're like, no, I have to train real hard. So I don't let my family down. And they're the ones that like, they have a hard time keeping their motivation because once their motivation goes, um, they're almost re- relying on the routine, but they're, they don't want to be there. They're like mentally yeah. checked out. You absolutely need to love the process. Mm-hmm. Well, you need to love the process. It's not even the end goal that you should be focused on. You have to love the process of getting up and grinding every day. Now, going back to the process there, like during COVID, because there have been a lot of times when you're training on your own or with your wife or one other person, was that super hard to keep focused then because you're kind of bouncing back and the world was very different because we did, there was a lot of uncertainty during the pandemic. You owned a gym, like you mentioned there. Was that super hard to keep focused on the process then during the lockdowns and during COVID? Um, the short answer is no, the the short answer is no. Okay. I am, I'm very, very fortunate in that that once I decide on, I'm going to do something, discipline kicks in and it's going to happen. It's just, I have a very disciplined way of doing things. Uh, A lot of people start things based on motivation and motivation wanes. It's having discipline to keep going. It's discipline to show up at the gym when it's, February and it's minus 15 and you're at home in your house. Yeah. And I just love being in the gym. I love competing. And I, I love seeing what I'm truly, truly capable of doing because I don't think many people go through their lives actually reaching their full potential. And that's what I want to do. Um, that's interesting. No, I agree with you. A lot of people don't go through fully reaching the full potential potential there um why do you think that is how come do you just think people have a hard time trying to get or there's afraid of failure a couple things afraid of failure and people get pretty comfortable with mediocrity yeah 100 right the people get comfortable uh i never want to get comfortable people people get comfortable people also fall into the self-fulfilling prophecy of Oh, I'm aging. I'm a parent, or I'm 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 45 years old. I'm supposed to be out of shape, and and my body is supposed to just start to slow down. I disagree with that 100. Or I should have these nagging injuries. No, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. That's just you letting that happen, and it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. And I just refuse to have that happen. Um, I saw an article by Clint, uh, an Esquire article interviewing Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. And the, the author said to Clint Eastwood, you know what? You're 80 plus years old. You're still making movies, directing movies. Why is that? He says, I refuse to let the old man in. Never let the old man in. And that stuck with me. He says, some days I wake up and he's knocking on the door and I just tell him not today. I'm not ready for you and just keep going. And that's, that's as, as we age, 
I don't want to be that guy who just says, now this is the way it should be. And so a lot of the athletes who I train now are older men who are retired, who spent all their years making money, but their bodies have gone to shit. Let's get them in shape. No, for sure. And people definitely put that ceiling on themselves, be like, uh, well, I have like four kids. Uh, I don't have time to doing these hard workouts and all that. And be like, no, you can make two hours a week to go yeah. in, put some time for yourself. Because if you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to help other people? Like, I know it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. It's funny. I, I do uh, goal achievement workshops. And part of what I do at the very beginning, I say, okay, just in the top right hand corner, write down how many hours you spend a day on social media, watching TV, screen time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they write their times and then they forget about it until about three quarters of the way through. Then I talk about what prevents people from reaching their goals. And sure enough, somebody puts up their hand and says, no time. And then I say, um, for anybody who thinks they don't have time, go back to the first page where I asked you how many hours a day you spend on screen time. Cut that in half and tell me you still don't have enough time. Oh, we all have time. Oh, yeah. It's whether it's a priority or not, right? And that's why I always um, have a lot of respect for people who go work out at like 6 a.m. Our gym, our earliest class, 6 a.m. I know the gyms, they have like the earliest class at 5.30. Like I love doing the 6 a.m. class. Well, most times, there's times we wake up middle of the winter. I'm like, man, it's cold. This is early. <laughs> yes, it is. But because they, they know that they don't have time in the later on the day. So if they want to achieve their goals or they just want to um, show up and just get a little bit of um, fitness in that day, they have to do it at 6 a.m. And so there's always a lot of respect for them because there's no excuses that nothing else is scheduled. Not, no yeah. meeting is going to hold you up at 6 a.m. Um Technically, well, your kids shouldn't be up, but I know sometimes it doesn't happen that way. But there's very little excuses to hold you up for your fitness at 6 a.m. Yeah, very little, very little. And you can find all the excuses you want. And fitness looks different for for me versus the average person in a CrossFit box. But fitness is fitness. Yeah. And getting that hour in in a box is is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Now, you said you're doing goal-setting seminars. Have, have you always been doing that, or is that something you started doing recent in the last like several years when you started doing CrossFit? No, I've been doing – so my, my background is uh, running building material distribution centers and running and managing sales teams. And I've always created goal workshops and helping salesmen reach their goals. Um, our first adventure race – our first couple adventure races we did, we were always last. We're dead last, like the pizza's cold. They're out sending search parties for us. <laughs> and oh, it was just, it was embarrassing. And I thought, let's apply what I learned about setting goals and sales teams with adventure racing. So we sat down as a team and said, okay, what's our objective? And our objective was in our next race to place in the top 10. Okay, what do we, and then the steps, what do we need to do? Number one is we needed to learn how to read a map. And that was our big issue. That is a lost art, I will say. So Yeah, it's very much a lost art, especially a topographical map. So we ended up doing that, got trained on how to read a map. We knew we were fit and we ended up third place in our next race. So it's like, okay, 
that was the, the genesis of the whole thing with respect to CrossFit. I, so I took the process from sales, honed it for adventure racing, then honed it to get me to the CrossFit games. I've since used it to help people write a book, get a mortgage, change the marriage, improve the relationships, uh, become an OPP canine officer, as well as into CrossFit boxes. I've also done it. I'm about to launch a virtual uh, goal workshop within the next two weeks as well. So taking it virtual. Oh, so you're definitely a busy guy. Yeah, kind of busy. <laughs> Are you one of those people that no matter what, you always have a project on the side? No, um, I like to I like to have balance in my life. And so this project just came about uh, talking to somebody. I'm like, you know what? Let's try and do that. I've I've been quiet since the games, not doing much other than growing the business as well as working on my own fitness. So it's okay. Let's, uh, let's give this a try and expand something. So now the cheap balance, how do you, what are some common themes or common tactics that you use to achieve that balance in your life? Like, uh, um, waking up and dealing with all that. And like, I use an example because so my wife, Tara and I, so one thing that we always do because she manages a restaurant and I'm like, I own the gym and we're always, there's always things happening, right? The gym's always running even when I'm not there. Same with the restaurant. And then we started doing this during the COVID lockdown is because we want, like every night we're kind of hanging out at home, just her and I, and we wanted like one night a week where it just had to be different. So we started uh, ordering takeout from like a different restaurant in town to kind of support oh, neat. And it just kind of blossomed when the gym or when the restaurants and everything started opening up again. So we started doing date night. So one night a week, we always do date night. And now one thing that we had to do was we leave our phones, leave our phones away. So that way we don't get caught up. Cause like there'll be a text coming in and be like, someone will ask her like at the restaurant, Hey, we're low on this. What do we do? Or like sometimes he, um, with the gym, some people message me like, Hey, can you switch my gym membership and all that? So one thing we started doing, like this is how I create a balance in our relationship is one night a week, no phones. We don't even talk about work. We might talk about, cause we are in the process of opening up another restaurant, her and I, but we might talk about that, but we don't want to talk about the gym or her restaurant. We drive nice. that, like the play. So that's an example that we use to keep that balance, right? To keep the balance with the relationship. So it's not always about work. What are some tactics that you have applied in your life with your wife or with your fitness right? great question um so as far as balance goes uh i got better at crossfit when i did it less and increased my mobility and increased my um rest so people people think that they've got to do crossfit or fitness seven days a week to get better and like multiple you, sessions too yeah, yeah exactly and i'm doing two days right so like my gym sessions are two and a half hours. So it's like, no, that's not what gets you better. The balance is what gets you better. Having rest, having time away from the gym. Our Sundays, um, we do absolutely zero fitness, zero fitness. Wait, I'm up at 4.30 most mornings, Sundays, sleep until whenever. Uh, the concept of putting the phones down, Walking the dogs together with my wife, Cecile, helps a lot with that connection. Mm -hmm. There's no phones. It's we're just walking the dogs. Yeah. And dogs, like children, have this way of grounding you. Um, 
The other way, as far as balance goes, is if I'm at the gym for a long period of time during the day and I've got three hours open, I'll go for a walk. I'll just walk downtown. We've got this salmon stream and I'll go watch the salmon fishermen. Just something to, to get out and just completely get into a different environment. No, that's great. Because we do need to be able to change gears, right? Um, go from one thing to the next. Like Jason Kalipa, I read his book that he released a couple of years ago, AMRAP Metality, or something like that. I can't remember the name, but it's AMRAP something, right? Because he talks about that. One of the biggest takeaways I took from his book was being able to change gears. So when you're hanging out with your wife, you're not thinking about work. You're not thinking about your next CrossFit workout, right? And I think that is something that you even see when people come to the gym. I've uh, talked about this numerous times on this podcast like because we had someone who's a yoga instructor last week we even talked about this too when people come in they have a hard time forgetting about work they're like hold yeah. on i gotta check my email i gotta do this and you're like for like 60 minutes just forget about it you go walk the dogs leave your phone at home unless you're listening to podcasts if that makes you create that calm stillness in your mind sure but don't be checking um like your emails, don't be checking on social media because it slows you down, right? And I think people have a hard time separating that. And that's why sometimes people have a hard time achieving that balance of life. Yes, it's one of the most difficult things for a lot of people. And when I when I started to find the balance, I got better as an athlete and better as a husband. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you said the you got better as an athlete when you started working out less, like, well, like not working out less, but when you weren't trying to put as much time in the gym, things started connecting. Cause I did a podcast with Paul Tremblay and he was kind of saying the same thing. Like he only works out for like 45 minutes, one, one day a week or um, once, once a day, like five days a week. And he still made it to like the online qualifiers and all that. You dismissed it by one spot going to like semis. Uh, And he's doing less now, but he's still able to compete. Right. And I think it's a lot of times people put a lot of stress on, like if they want to compete in CrossFit, they have to train so much. If they want to become really world-class at this, they have to put so many hours, but you have to put mindful out like minutes. In Bingo. There. It's not just 10,000 hours. It's, it's, it's just not volume. No, not one bit. No, that's great. Um, now, before you got into adventure race, well, what got you into adventure racing? Okay, so actually, this is quite funny. I was uh, I was at an industry golf tournament, and I was paired with somebody who was obviously an athlete, but he sure as hell wasn't a golfer. So I said, what do you do? He says, I do adventure racing. And I said, well, tell me what that is. And he says, we, we leave from a certain spot. It's orienteering, it's topographical maps, you carry all your food with you, you do mountain biking, um, bushwhacking, trekking, and paddling. And I'm like, I like that idea. He says, okay, I'll send you a couple of links on some things to do. Went home, looked it up. A friend of mine at work, I mentioned it to him. He goes, oh, I've done one of those. They're absolutely fantastic. From there, we ended up going into adventure racing. Nice. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. Now, where where have some of the races taken place? Like, is there one in Collingwood? Uh, there have been one ones close to here. The closest one, and the last one I did was in Perry Sound. That's so just just north of here, northeast of here. Yep. Um, I think we placed eighth or ninth. Yeah, and that was my last one. Then I'm like, okay, 
if I'm going to get really good at CrossFit, I've got to drop one of these things because a lot of endurance racing takes a lot of time. Yeah. Do you think you would do another adventure race? Nope, I'm done. You're done retired from that? I'm done. I'll, I'll try some other race. Um, I like the concept of swimming or endurance running. Um, yeah, but not, uh, not an adventure race. The concept of getting poison ivy again, just. <laughs> yeah. Understandable. Does not, does not excite me. <laughs> yeah. Um, when we first started talking there, um, you said that you've been 22 years sober. And now has fitness helped you keep focus on that? Um, fitness has helped me keep a balance in my life and has helped keep alcohol out of my life for 22 years. And I'm very, very grateful for that. I don't talk a lot about my sobriety. I don't preach it. Um, I don't mind talking about it here, but it's just something that I, that I preach about. Uh, I was a train wreck. I was out of control. I was a functioning alcoholic who was being very, very successful. And because I was being successful at work, a lot of people overlooked my alcoholism. Because I was in sales at the time, I would just create parties. And when I thought of stopping drinking, all I could think of was, I'm going to lose all my friends. Well, it turns out they weren't really my friends. They were just drinking buddies. Mm -hmm. And stopped drinking. And very, very grateful. It made some drastic, drastic changes in my life with a lot of people who I hung around. Um, you're the result of the five people. Jim Rome said, you're the result of the five people you hang around the most. Yep. And I just changed who I hung around and had a dramatic impact on my life. No, that's um, great. Cause like heard of John Wellborn. Do you know who he is? Yep. Yeah. So he always has a saying, go strength through osmosis. Right. And you kind of were talking about that earlier. And so what he's always saying is that um, if you want to get stronger, you work out with people stronger than you. If you want to get better at CrossFit, you start doing CrossFit like workouts with people who are you like we're younger and you said they're kicking your ass. So that's obviously going to elevate your game. Like, um, and it's the same thing with like, he always says that people who hang around with other sketchy people or drink a lot, you're going to start drinking a lot too. And so it is, you become your surroundings. And yeah. we say this a lot in our, uh, in our, especially in our high school classes um, in the gym there, because we work with some sports teams too. And they're always like, okay, guys, we're going to be doing 40 meter sprints. And some of them are like, oh, I don't want to go up first and be like, no, if you want to get faster, you have to go sprint with people who are faster than you. If you want to become a better athlete, you have to hang out with people who become better athletes. If you want to elevate your um, like career, you have to start going with people who are more successful than you. And that's what kind of I take from that there, there with you. Yeah, it's, it's totally what I did. And you, you mentioned it there when we went back to, when I go back to CrossFit Slack and that are, those RPT sessions surrounding myself with people who are better than me during COVID I didn't get a chance to train with anybody mm -hmm. so I'd continually be asking my coach like these numbers are these good like I know I'm performing well I'm moving real well so two weeks before the games we brought up uh Joanne Cooper who's a five-time games athlete we brought up a couple of other high-level athletes and we had a mini camp because things had just opened up this past summer. We had a yep. mini camp where we did a run and a swim. We did some track work. We did some handstand walks at the track, handstand walks on the grass. 
And then we went into our gym and did some fitness so that I could surround myself with higher end athletes just to make sure my game was where it needed to be. Uh, it, it's absolutely paramount. If you want to get better at something and, and people think that, that other people who are better will look down on you, not the good people. They get it. They understand it. And they want to help people. Most people want to see people succeed. Most mm-hmm. good people. And just yeah. trust that those people are there. No, and, and they want to, like, as an athlete, we're competitive by nature. You want to go up against people who are going to help you compete, right? And yeah. so they, they want to elevate their game. And if other people are going to come around and push them, they're going to enjoy that. Like, if you look at Rich Froning, what he did, what he does now is that he has, like, workout crews. I don't know exactly how it works out now, but I know a couple of years ago, way he would do, like, like three, four workouts a day. And, like, he just went through groups, people. Like, yeah. hey, you're the morning crew. We're going to work out. Everyone's going to push them. Then you have like a totally different crew in the afternoon. And you do need that competition to constantly push you, right? Competition is a good thing. The way I see it, yeah. like a healthy competition like that, right? Where health, yeah. Yeah, where you don't lose sight on your own goal. And like, and that, and, and moments like that is helps you enjoy the process. Yeah. A clear example of that is uh, PT. You mentioned Paul Trombley. He was at our gym with one of our trainers, this is a number of years ago, and they were doing uh, hang power cleans. Touch, no, no, power cleans, touch and go power cleans. And they're doing a crazy amount of weight. And I'm like, if they can do it, touch and go, I can do a touch and go. And it raised, my, normally a 135 power clean, I would do singles all day. It's like, no, I'm going to do touch and go 135s. Ended up going touch and go 155s. Raised my game simply because Paul was there and yeah. he was doing it. Not that I felt intimidated, but it was just like, okay, let's go. My coach also says when I was traveling a lot, if I go to Ottawa and he's got set programming for me, he says, you go into a box like NCR and you've got Pete Shaw, Paul Tremblay, and Thomas Markhauser working out. You jump in with them and do whatever they're doing. Yeah. That makes you a better athlete. Oh, for sure. And like doing moments like that where you come jump in on someone else's like session. Yeah, that is key. Like that's why when I was like was traveling and stuff, um, especially like my wife and I will go to other cities a lot of times we hit across the gym. Never want to go to the open gym. I want to jump in on regular classes, kind of see everything. Now, some of it's like business research. I want to see how the coach runs it yeah, and yeah. all that. But like, it is so much better to jump in on other people's sessions to kind of see how they do it. So yeah, yeah. Surround yourself with better people at what you want to get better at. Yeah, and, and remember the next time that somebody, when you're the better person, and somebody else is coming up, like pay it forward and acknowledge. Okay. This person's here for a reason. This athlete's not as good. Let's help them learn. Yeah. Um, and New Zealand All Blacks, they call it pass the ball. That's their ah. right? And what they mean is, because they always got younger guys coming up trying to take their spot. Now it isn't like I'm going to sabotage them, but you're going to pass the ball, teach them what you have learned so they can grow and create the program better. Because at the end of the day, it's about the New Zealand All Blacks program, All Blacks, not, about yeah. the, not about the individual player. So in their their expression is pass the ball. 
I like that. So I like that a lot. Yeah. Awesome, Bruce. No, this was awesome, man. Thank you so much for jumping in on this. Well, I'm very glad. Thank you very much for the opportunity and uh, all the best of luck in the future. Yeah, for sure. Now, if I'm ever up in Collingwood, I definitely will hit you up and meet up and at least grab a coffee and do a workout. So beautiful. We'd love to have you. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.